This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we will be throwing it back with Lola to 2004's What Happened in Bali. This drama is also known by many other names, um, few being Something Happened in Bali, as well as Memories of Bali. So that is all the same drama. And we're going to be throwing it back. We're going to be going back to 2004. I'm super excited to be starting the actual season with all of my throwing it back episodes. And that is what's to come. This is what's to come. What I'm doing in this episode will be on repeat for the entire year. I will sprinkle in once a month a Rambling Musings episode that kind of catches you up on everything that I'm currently watching that's currently airing. But most of the month and the episodes will be dominated by dramas from yesteryear. And I am already enjoying myself. So (laughs) spoiler alert, I'm having a good time. So let's get into this drama, What Happened in Bali. I'm going to start these episodes with a little background information as far as who's the kind of production team behind it, the cast, and then the release time, and any of my kind of initial experiences with this drama. Then I'll get into a synopsis of the drama, and then we'll get into my initial thoughts, my midpoint thoughts, and my final thoughts on this drama. And I will most likely in most of these episodes kind of round it up and let you know my favorite parts of the drama my least favorite parts of the drama and would I recommend it and if I just generally enjoyed or liked this drama. So that is going to be the structure of these throwing it back episodes and I am ready to go. So let's talk about who is the team behind what happened in Bali. So we do have di- the directors. Had, we had a main director and we had an assistant director. The main director for it was Che Moon Sook and he did dramas um, back Back in the day, um, such as Angel Eyes and Will It Snow for Christmas. Those are probably other ones that most people may know from him. And then the assistant director at the time, Lee um, um, E. Myung Woo, he actually seems to be still actively directing. He did Boyhood just from last year, The Fiery Priest, and One Ordinary Day. So it's like he's been... Th- the most active out of the production team because going to the writers, we have Kim Ki Ho, who hasn't done much, honestly, as well as the other writer, Yi Sun Mi. They seem to have been like a little um, kind of couple team, a dual team. They work together for a lot of their dramas leading up to what happened to Bali and a little bit after. And then it looks like they kind of fizzled out around 2012 with Fashion King starring UIN and Shin Se Kyung. So didn't seem like they're still working. Same thing with the main director, Che Moon Sook. But um, I will just jump in and say that this drama and Kim Ki Ho, he won for 
Best Screenplay for the Big Sun um, Awards and then Best Actor, Best Actress was actually Zhou Insung and Ha Ji Won. And then um, Big Sun for Most Popular Actor was So Ji Sub. So that is going to lead us into our cast here in a second. Um, but this drama was released in I think January 2nd, 2004. And I personally watched it in 2007. And it was one of the first K-dramas I watched after Coffee Prince. So this is very early, you know, K-drama journey for Lowe. So that's why I had to throw it back to this one first. I really did. Um, But going into the plot, I'm sorry, going into cast and then the synopsis of the story. So we have... For actors, Haji Won, and you, of course, may know her from things like uh, Secret Garden, The King Two Hearts, Empress Key. She also did some other kind of ODs like Wanji Yi, as well as Damo, which was, I believe, before she did Memories of Bali. And then I personally am a huge fan of hers. <laughs> absolutely adore her and I love her most in The King Two Hearts and Empress Key. I also enjoyed her in Damo. I really just let me just say this I love her in her action-esque roles to be honest with you when she does action I think she's fantabulous so I I'm a, I'm a fan of hers but also really good at rom-coms setups as well so love me some Haji Won next on my list here for the cast I have Zoe In Sung one of my all-time favorite actors hands down he is in my top 10 list of favorite actors um but he is known for a really old drama I think one of his first piano there's also Spring Days which is another popular oldie of his um love him maybe the most in that winter the wind blows personally that's just me and i also really like him in some of his movies a dirty carnival um a frozen flower yes um the king so i i do enjoy him i i really 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 do enjoy him and then next we have soji sub and sometimes i refer to him affectionately as subby with one of my friends we call him subby but soji sub um known of course from sorry i love you cain and abel the master sons um all my venus the movie always and um, a company man is another one of his movies and i really enjoy him as well i think my fave from him personally might be his movie always maybe and then the master son i i really liked him in the master son as well and then rounding out our cast, we have Park Ye Jin. She hasn't been in many things where she's like the lead role, like on her own, kind of like standing on her own. But people may know her from The Great Queen So Dok, as well as My Princess and Thank You For My Life. Also amazing actress. But I, as far as like kind of bill, she's a little bit lower on the bill here. But other than that... That is our cast. Now let's go into a quick synopsis of the drama and that should really kind of set us off for talking about what happened in Bali. So here we have E. Su Jung, played by Ha Ji Won, is a travel agent who is seeking her good luck in Bali after a harsh and unforgiving childhood. She meets Jae Min, played by Zhou In Sung, Kang In Wook, played by So Ji Sub, and Young Ju, played by Park Ye Jin in Bali. And there are three seemingly perfect people. However, they're entangled in a love triangle. 
When Yi Su-jung finds herself back in Seoul, her desire for success leads her to seek Jae-min for a job, unwittingly setting off a course of events that further complicate that love triangle. Now, that is actually a really good synopsis of this drama. It is definitely a way of knowing what this drama really is about. <laughs> but what this synopsis does not provide you um, is obviously trigger warnings. <laughs> this is a drama that I have to say is not an easy watch at all all. There are so many triggering moments and actions of a lot of the characters. So I just want to preference me even talking about this, you know, talking about this drama in this episode by saying that there is just so much, there's so much violence. There's like assault of varying kinds throughout this drama. And it's such a physical drama. And I talked about this when I talked about Secret Love, when I threw it back to Secret Love last year, and it was the same feeling where it's like, and I said this about Secret Love, which was obviously a much later drama. And I said, it felt like it was, um, one of the last of its kind in that genre of melodrama where it's like this really physical and painful mellow style drama and this is because I am I think I was comparing it to the dramas like um what happened in Bali back in 2004 so it was definitely this was a type of drama that you saw very often early in drama land and when I say physical I really mean actually like people slapping, punching throughout the entire drama, like slaps and punches were all the time. Um, and this was including really bad sound effects, <laughs> I might add. I mean, it was so distracting sometimes, like that is not a slap sound, but okay. Um, but there's also this kind of physicality of some of the unwanted um, sexual advances and sometimes consent is blurry in certain situations. So there was just a lot of moments where I was like, wow, this is, there's a lot of going on here that is making me really uncomfortable, right? And to be honest, I knew the minute I went back to some of these older dramas that this was going to be something that I had to brace myself for again. And and obviously it's not something I should have to brace myself for again. I could just choose not to watch (laughs) these things. But because this was one of my first K-dramas that I ever watched, um, I had to go back to see where I was when I was watching this type of drama and where I would be with it now. And I've never we watched it since the first time I watched it and that was probably for a reason but rewatching it was definitely an experience that I was glad to have again to be honest with you and if, if not only to appreciate where we currently are with dramas these days so some of the things in this drama just would not be seen I think on a normal weekend drama these days it's just the type of style the mellow it's just not present today. And that is probably for the best. But what I also wanted to see with keeping that in mind, I wanted to see if there was still merit in this type of drama, this type of style of drama, this story. Um, Is it completely dated with this problematic nature and misogynistic nature? And if so, you know, can there, is there something there, you know, or is it no, this should stay in 2004 kind of thing. So with that going, with all that preference, with all that kind of trigger warning, I just wanted to say, you know, up front so that we can be on the same page that what we're going to talk about may not be easy to talk about. So, and I also wanted to say that this drama, um, is one that you can easily read about online, scene by scene. So there will definitely be spoilers in this episode because it's just so easy to spoil this drama for yourself just by Googling it. So I think it would be okay for me to go ahead and spoil it in this in this episode. But 
Also, if you are wanting to watch this drama, this is the type of drama that I think you might need to know some spoilers of before you get into it because spoilers might actually be more helpful than harmful in this type of situation because you might need to know if this is a drama you can even stomach. So that's why I'm going to give all the spoilers. I will, you know, I'm not going to hold back in that regard. I'm not going to go into scene by scene and it's, you know, actually recap this drama in details, not doing that at all. But in the process of me kind of talking about my thoughts on this drama, I'm definitely going to have to reveal some of these major plot happenings. So let's go. Let's get into this. So what I want to start with, again, is my initial thoughts. I'm going to talk about how I was thinking some kind of thoughts. I re- I've written these thoughts out, right, of, kind of what I was thinking in the first opening episodes of this drama. And I may actually give a setup for the drama when I talk about it before we go into the rest of my thoughts. Um, and the first thought that I wrote down is the introduction of the love triangle and the Su Jung character. So again, Su Jung again is played by Ha Ji Won. And when I say that, I have to mention the introduction of this love triangle because it's like, is it a love triangle kind of thing? I, but it's just this complicated situation that we are introduced to very early on. And so I want to bring that up first. And once we establish that, I think talking about the rest of the drama will flow a lot easier. So the drama lets us in very early on opening episode to these three characters. These three characters are, again, J-Men played by Insong, In-Wook played by Jisub, and Young-Ju played by Ye-Jen. And Jamin and Young Ju are introduced to us as two people, two wealthy, rich, you know, people um, who are being put together to be married by their very wealthy families. Their families own companies and these companies are trying to merge, of course, through marriage. And so they have been told they are to be together. They obviously don't have any desire to actually be together. Jamin, who is who works for his father's company, absolutely just doesn't care much about the company, just wants to be a playboy. When we first see him, he is waking up in bed with some woman after a one night stand and then being, you know, waking up by a call from his mother telling him, you know, reminding him he was supposed to be somewhere with his fiance, um, Youngju, and she's there with Youngju now and he needs to get there. So he sloppily arrives to this kind of, you know, store where they are and Youngju is immediately rolling her eyes. She can't be bothered. She's like so annoyed with him. Yet these are these two people who are supposed to be married, right? Who are getting married. And so that is our introduction to these two characters and their relationship. They could care less about one another. They don't have any interest in being together in romantically in any way, shape or form. However, they are told they are supposed to be together. They have accepted this, but at the same time, they don't care anything about one another in that regard. Those are our two, the first two in this triangle. The next character is Inwook, played by G-Sub. And Inwook is introduced to us because he is living in Bali now. And he's just moved there. And the reason he's moved there is because he used to, I mean, he works for the same company that J-Men's families own. He works for this company. And the minute he gets the chance to relocate, he takes it and he relocates to Bali. The reason he relocates is because he is actually 
in a relationship with Youngju. They've known each other since college. They've been like, you know, college sweethearts the entire time. They've been together. But since then, since the beginning of their relationship, it was established that he was poor, she was not, she was the wealthy girl, and that they could technically never actually really be together. They could never marry. So he's always been comfortable just being, you know, her guy, her, you know, her guy on the, on the side to some degree, because he knows at some point they were going to have to break up. He had made peace with that, but they have a really bad breakup. Once he finds out that they're, you know, they're together and she kind of breaks this news to him again. Like, you know what? I'm engaged to be married. You knew this was going to happen, you know, sucks to be us. Right. But this triggers him to be like, okay, great, fine. Now is my time to kind of like go my own way. I'm leaving. I'm off. First chance I get to Bali. The problem with this is that young Ju, of course, she's a rich, spoiled girl. She had, she doesn't want that to happen. She wants her, her boy toy there all the time, even if she can't actually be with him and that, and, and, you know, marry him. And she has to marry this other man. She still wants him. So she takes actual offense to him running off to Bali. She's like, how dare he leave me? He knows how much I love him and care about him. How dare he go? Even though they're technically breaking up, they know they can't be together. So to him, he's like, okay, bye. And she's like, no, but I still want to see you. And so out of spite, she books it to Bali. She immediately is like, you know what? I can't handle this. I need to go see him. I'm, I have to confront him. And she's confronting him again, angry that he had the audacity to run off to Bali. So the minute she gets into Bali, she finds him, pulls up at his place while he's like getting settled and slaps him. Like... <laughs> just slaps him. So uh, this is our introduction to the relationship between Inwook and Youngju, her slapping him because she thinks, how dare you leave me, even though they are not together. So she comes all the way to Bali to slap this man and then complain and cry and whine to him about how much she hates the idea of getting married to this guy she doesn't want to get married to, but also that, you know, she's she wants to be with him still. So it's her head. She's like, let's at least try to make the best out of this time. Me being in Bali with you, let's try to do something. And then I'll go my separate way. I promise. She convinces him to have this last hurrah with her in Bali. And she will, she will again promise to officially break up and go her separate way to with her fiance. Right? So that's what we have. This is all the first episode, mind you guys. <laughs> this is just the first episode, okay? We haven't even got to episode two. So this is the intro to these, these this three and this coupling. This is where we, we start. Now, mind you, we have Inwook and Youngju both in Bali now. And J-Man is still in Seoul, but he's getting in trouble. When we find him back in Seoul, he's in trouble because he has some scandals going on with an a you know, A-list female celebrity. And, you know, that's like, ooh, isn't he engaged to be married? How is he, you know, with this actress kind of thing? So his family freaks out on him and they're like, 
absolutely not. You need to make things right. Whatever's going on with you and young Jew, you need to figure it out, make it look good because you and your scandals, we can't continue on like this. It doesn't look good for us. It doesn't look good for the company. You need to get it together. You're marrying young Jew. Everybody knows that. So get it together. So because he's in the hot water, he's in trouble. He is like, okay, where's young Jew? Let me try to make amends. Let me try to make it look like we actually are together and I'm, and I like her or whatever. Let me actually try. So he makes it up, you know, in his head, like, I'm going to actually try with this fiance of mine. And when he decides this, he's like, where is she? And then like his, you know, his secretary is like, oh, she's gone. She, she's in Bali. And he's like, why is she in Bali? Of course. He's like, what, what is there? What's in Bali? Why would she be there? And then, you know, they're, you know, his, and his secretary is trying to convince him like, oh, you know, maybe cause she, the wedding, you know, she's getting married. She's getting cold feet. Maybe she wants to have like a last moment in Bali, a vacation, just to gather herself before she's no longer single, you know, like giving him excuses of why she could possibly be in Bali. And he's like, mm, I'm not buying that. How about you get somebody out there to tell her and you guys let me know what she's really doing down there. So he's waiting for news about what his young Jew is doing in Bali. And he finds out that she may or may not possibly be there with some guy, you know, they don't give him details, but he kind of, you know, he, he catches that and he's like, you know what? I need to go down there. I think I need to go pull up and see what's actually going on with her. So he catches a flight, straight to Bali. And the minute he goes to Bali, he knows exactly where she is because he's had a tell on her. And when he pulls up, (laughs) he's like, surprise. Hi, my fiance. How are you? And who is she, of course, with? She's with Inwook. And it's because she's trying to make this kind of moment with him before she leaves Bali, right? So she's you know, standing between these two men and kind of like looking back and forth in shock. And she presents in Wook to J-Men as if he's, you know, this long lost friend. They used to go to college, you know, together. And she's like, oh my gosh, we just ran into each other here in Bali. Like, it's so good to see him acting like she doesn't know this man to that extent at all. And J-Men is, of course, looking between the two and he's like, "Mm, I don't buy it, but sure. And because he's petty and childish, J-Men, this... Damon character, he's like, you know what? Invites Inwook along to like dinner with him and his fiance. And then he finds out and the, the thing that Inwook finds out in this meeting is that J-Man is her fiance. He did not know who her fiance was at the time of them breaking up. He just knew she was to be married to some other rich, rich guy, uh, some rich guy. And so he's like, you know, doesn't know this. But when he notices that her fiance is his boss, like the person who runs it, you know, over his company, it gets really, really awkward for him, of course, because he's like, oh man, now, it's t- now we're talking about bringing my job into this. And now I have to kind of like, you know, make sure nothing gets out or something about our relationship. So it's just an entirely awkward situation that becomes their, their interactions with each other while they're in Bali. And that is how we, again, get introduced to these three. And so now that we're in Bali, right, and we have these three 
you know, forcibly interacting with one another because Inwook, he really was just trying to be in Bali working his job. He was not trying to start anything back up with Youngju, but of course she drug him back into this. And then Jaemin, who is trying to supposedly make it work with Youngju, now is just being spiteful and annoyed that, you know, she had the audacity to have this other guy. So he's doing everything he possibly can to make her miserable and make her uncomfortable in this situation. And in doing so, they start a trip together. They start to kind of like do activities together in Bali. But at some point, we get introduced to our Sujong character. Sujong is a character that me remembering this drama, I I think I misremembered her. So in my eyes, when you see her in Bali, she is this happy-go-lucky, perky, you know, hardworking girl. And we know, poor girl at that, and we know that character in K-drama. That is a character we still see to this very day. Happy-go-lucky, always, you know, smiling, even though she's getting dirt kicked in her face, you know, poor, everyone falls head over heels for her, you know, just this type of character we see all the time in K-drama. But I... That's not Suja <laughs> to some degree. I'm like, wait a second. I really remembered her as being this version of herself in Bali that we meet her. When she gets to Seoul, that's not her. That's just not her character. And so I have to say, forgive me, Sujung, for misremembering who you are because that was not, you were not that. You were not that simple on paper. And I really, really appreciated that, but she definitely was not that. But that's how she is presented to us in the opening episodes, the first two episodes in Bali. And she's presented this way because in Bali, she is working. She is doing her job as a travel agent. Again, for like this kind of shady travel agency. She's kind of work, working illegally. Um, you know, it's kind of underground, but she is working. She is doing her gig. She is very proud of the work she's doing in Bali. She speaks multiple languages. She's taught herself languages while she's living there. And she um, it's great with the locals. Like she knows her, her way around. She is this kind of just wonderful, fresh you know, breath of fresh air when we meet her after dealing with the tensions and the tense nature of these three characters. When she comes into the scene and she's introduced to them and introduced to us, we're like, finally, someone who has some personality, some life, who's smiling, you know, who's being bright and upbeat. Nice to see her. But she is thrown into working with them because they need a travel agent who is going to help them, you know, tour around Bali. And she takes up this job you know, very happily because they know, they know that the son of this big company in Korea is there with his fiance. And so they want to get this gig and, you know, make money off of this. And so they're like really welcoming these, this trio. And the other thing we get to see about Sujung and this introduction to these three is that she does kind of, she is drawn initially to Inwook because of course he's very handsome, <laughs> but he also is very reserved. He's not wild and kind of mean and just disrespectful like Jamin. But so she immediately is kind of drawn to him because of that. But then she also is drawn to him because she immediately assumes 
he's the wealthy guy. He's the son of this big company in Korea. Of course he is because he's, you know, he seems to be the person that gives that off. And so you think, is she drawn to him because she's just physically attracted to him or is she drawn to him possibly because of who she believes he may be? And they all let her believe that for a little while until she, you know, eventually finds out that, no, he's down like her too, in a way. And Jamin's actually the wealthy one. But that is something that they make sure to kind of give us a, um, an insight to our character a little bit of like, this may be something that this character is drawn to. Maybe money, maybe this wealthy, maybe a wealthy man, maybe there's something there that about her character that makes her think that this is a guy that she would want to ever be with because of the money. So it's just really interesting that they gave us that little tidbit in the beginning, even though, like I said, initially, when you're watching her character, you really immediately are like, yeah, love her. Got it. Makes total sense. So yeah, just very, very cool introduction to characters in this story. And the other thing that I thought that was interesting was this concept of Bali because they are in Bali for, like I said, just the first two episodes and not even the full second episode. And I was thinking Bali was a little bit more centric to the story and maybe had a lot, they had more of a time in Bali, but it really is a short time. And instead, it's just this place that triggers the rest of the story. Like had they not met all up in Bali, the rest of the story would not have happened. And I love that. And the other thing that I have to say is that this story itself and the structure of it and the way that it started started to make me realize, I think, why I feel so spoiled by older K-dramas and how I feel like when I watch newer K-dramas, I'm sometimes referring to how I felt watching some of these older dramas. And I think it comes off like I'm just bashing the newer dramas, but it's really that there there is something that they used to do back then that they don't do as well um, these days in K-dramas. And it is this, this basic story structure the basics like storytelling 101 some of the things are just very obvious about like this is how you tell a story i saw it so beautifully done (laughs) in the opening let alone the whole story or the whole drama but in the opening of this drama i was just like wow this is what i'm talking about and it's the structure of this story they first gave us a very recognizable structure which was the classic a character comes into town um kind of setup and in this case i say character comes in town but it's really sujung coming into these three's lives and in bali but it is this kind of same structure where you have a character who is going to be coming into town and going to completely rock and shake the town and the town's people in it like this character get ready everyone's going something everything that happens now is going to be because of this character that walked into town and i think this was the same setup with sujung she kind of walked into these three's very well established relationship and their lives she just kind of pops in right and then you also have this element of character development that again spoiled i mean this drama spoiled me like this is what i'm talking about like i miss the way they set up these characters so like i said we jumped in episode one we were in the thick of it we knew exactly what was happening they did not waste time we we got into the the nitty-gritty of their relationships right we got into it 
And then when we get introduced to Sujung, we start to get little tidbits very early on of like some kind of underlying um, characteristics of her that aren't fully revealed, that may be completely masked by what we're seeing at the, on the outer appearance of her. But technically they were dropping these little hints and these little moments. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at the way you're, you're building character. Oh my goodness. I mean, so good. So, so good. Right out of the gate. This is only two episodes in guys and this is a 20 episode drama so to tell me like it can't be done it can be done i mean just from the beginning you can tell they knew what they were doing with these characters now the other things that i want to bring out in the early episodes is the violence is the actual violence against sujong from the start from the beginning of this drama sujong is immediately at the hands of multiple people, to me, violated, um, be it emotionally, be it physically. She is taken advantage of, she is um, pushed and and, and hit um, and berated and, be, and, and belittled from the very onset of meeting her, which again is jarring. I mean, absolutely jarring. I I was in shock that out of the gate, we were seeing her, you know, getting, um, pushed into a pool like her opening scene she's like in a in a pool fell into a pool and she's like laughing about it gee, 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 and, and going about her day when she first meets in in Wook, which is before she meets all three of them together she actually meets him um right like the night before that and he saw her climbing out of the pool or whatnot and their initial meeting she right you know they connect because they both speak korean and she's like oh great can i you know share the cap with you back to this side of town and he initially is like whatever and then she keeps trying to talk to him while they're like in the car ride together and he gets annoyed with her talking to him and he kicks her out of the cab that they were sharing together and I just thought in the middle of nowhere in Bali like it was so like why would you do that to her you know like I know you guys are strangers you don't owe her anything but you should have never let her in the car if you were just going to kick her out for just talking to you so like think Things like that from the very start, like you are like, why, why are they treating her this way? Like, why is this character so just, ah, uh, like I hated the, the initial introduction to this character in that regard where you like her off the bat. Like I said, she was a breath of fresh air the minute she came on the scene. And then yet we immediately also, as much as we welcome her, we start to see her getting, you know, just completely uh, abused. And we're like, whoa, this is not nice. And again, like I said, it's emotionally as much as it is physically at times throughout this drama. So that was another thing that was very jarring initially for me at the start of this drama. And then also, I just got to come back to my initial thoughts being how well they built the characters and the relationships between these characters. Because the other thing that was lovely and wonderfully done is that again, Su Jung, when we in, when we meet her, she's a very extroverted person because she is a tour, you know, she's a tour guy basically. She's a travel agent. She has that personality. And so 
and these people are Korean. They speak Korean. So I think there's an initial affinity that she has for these people when she's taking them around on their little tour. You can tell she's like, okay, they're a little weird. They're kind of off. You know, they don't seem to be very friendly, but I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability, even while, you know, maybe ripping them off a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my job well. And she's such a great, you know, she's laughing. She's having a good time. And they're just kind of like, ugh rolling their eyes, nose in the air, and like fighting, but you know, amongst themselves. And she's just like there for the ride, but she's like, you know, doing her best. But what they start to do is they start to establish for all of the characters, Jaden, Young, you know, Young Ju, as well as Inwook, they start to establish their own individual connections with with Sujung. So we have moments with Sujung and Youngju in the bathroom. And you see Youngju looking her up and down, like, ugh, with disgust. But then you also see Sujung looking at her, feeling this, you know, insecure and kind of self-conscious, but then also wanting to kind of gossip about the the situation and like the, the guys, you know? So you see her still being kind of very open to this girl who obviously wants something to do with her. Then you see her, again, we saw her initial interaction with Inwook. And again, she is also just drawn to him initially because again, she thinks he's quite refined given the comparison, which is J-Man who is out of control, wild, really rude at a lot of times. But in this situation, there are moments where she catches him, you know, staring at her, looking at her weirdly, you know, she catches all of that. And then we get again very early on first two episodes i think second episode we get jay ben propositioning her because again mind you he's like staring at her here and there throughout the little tour she's giving and she's like okay that's weird and then they kind of all hang out at the end of the the tour at the end of the night and tensions are high between the three and they're drinking but while they're drinking Jaemin and Sujong are kind of having this kind of banter back and forth. So, you know, like there is something there on Jaemin's side of things. And Sujong's kind of just, like I said, drinking and having a fun time because she's a fun personality. And he gets really drunk, gets in a fight with Inwook, like a physical altercation, as in like punches are, are, are thrown. And she feels responsible for kind of like returning them to their respective hotels and stuff. So she takes him back to his room. This is Jamin. She takes him back to his room and he's drunk. She has been drinking, but he immediately is like, you know, kind of hops up and propositions her like, because he's, this is after a fight. He is upset about realizing the connection between Inwook and Youngju. And it's obvious that he's getting, you know, the short end of the sticks in some regard. So when he sees Su Jung in his room, he immediately propositions her as like, how much will it be? You know, I mean, literally this is out the gate. And I, when I tell you, I was just so annoyed with his character from the very beginning and just annoyed, I mean, annoyed at how they were treating Su Jung. Like you just met this woman. It was horrible. And she gave you no at no point did she give him this kind of idea that he would have the right to even proposition her like this. And so he he does. He tells her, how much will it be? And she's sitting there like, are you kidding me, right? And she's like, well, you know, she kind of like, and the thing is, well, Sujung, she's like, no, absolutely not. But she also plays into it a little bit. Like, how much then? You know, like, and he like throws money at her and she's like, you know what? No, never mind. You know, the way he treats her, she's like, no, absolutely not. 
and he throws money at her and like she of course she takes that money and she leaves but when she's taking that money and she's leaving it's like this really horrible scene of her like walking out of the hotel dropping the money she had broken her heel earlier in the day so she's like falling on the floor and she's crying and it's just a horrible horrible introduction to them and those two so it's like mind you we're gonna watch the rest of this drama with all four of these people and from the beginning you think you have this happy-go-lucky character who is like oh nice bringing some laughter and joy to the drama and it's like no because immediately she gets crushed and she gets beat down and she's not happy about it so obviously you're gonna get this character who's not having a good time but all the characters are now in this this situation where it's like no one is okay with anyone to some degree so just very 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 jarring start to a drama where everyone and everything is just like bad bad and a little bit more bad but again the way that there's they set up these characters and their relationships is a one you cannot take that away from this drama like a one now that's my initial thoughts now let's go into some of my midpoint thoughts. And this is obviously fast forwarding all the way into episode 10 of this drama. So, so much happens. <laughs> and again, I'm not going into details, but the most important thing that happens in the middle of this drama or leading up to the middle of this drama is the paralleling of characters. And when I say that, I mean, um, they basically show how Sujong and Inwook are two sides of the same coin. Same with Jaemin and Youngju being two sides of the same coin. So Sujung and Inwook, we recognize how similar they are in kind of their situations. And we recognize the same thing with Jaemin and Youngju as we go throughout this drama. And let's talk about some of those similarities. So Sujung and Inwook are apparently from a poor background. Inwook has a history of being raised by a single mother who was in a very abusive um, relationship with his father and to this day remains in abusive relationships here and there. And he is always coming in to try his best to like support her, but it's just, he feels kind of helpless in how she kind of carries her own, takes care of her own self, uh, takes care of herself. And then you have Sujung who is um, orphaned and only has her older brother, but her brother himself is such a thorn in her side and that he is just a deadbeat, doesn't keep a job and always falling for scams and putting and asking her for money that she does not have and putting them in situations where she is at the hands of violence because they owe money for some reason, right? So they are both with this one sole family member who they can take or leave, honestly, because they bring nothing but pain into their lives. And so for them, this is, you know, very, this is a, a similarity. Something else that is very similar to, to one another is this kind of um, idea of work um, and stability. So Sujong and Inwook are both, again, from poor backgrounds, and they always find themselves next to each other in one way or another. And when I say that is that they, throughout the beginning of the drama, have these moments where they keep showing up and living by each other. Or they meet each other on the plane, you know, like they keep running into each other. And this comes back later as a moment of contention for J-Man. Um, but 
we'll get to that in a second. Um, but Su Jung and Inwook, they seem to have a tie. Like everything, they, every, they're like random events, coincidences, destiny, fate, keep bringing them together in some way. And so, so much so that they live in this very poor neighborhood together as neighbors. So obviously, again, their connection there. They're both living in the same neighborhood right next door to each other. So it shows their kind of um, kind of poverty situation. But then also work instability in that Sujung, when she leaves Bali, it's because she's been completely taken advantage of and scammed by her boss. And so she comes back to Seoul with nothing. And she just ends up living with her best friend um, on her best friend's floor, basically, because she has nowhere else to go. And Inwook, on in his situation, he comes back and he's like, I gotta really work hard so that I can leave living with my mom, have my own situation, get myself set up and stable and progress through my career at this company. Cause obviously I can't hold on to young Jew anymore. So I gotta do this myself. So they both have this kind of idea of like, I gotta work to get something. And if I don't work, I'm not gonna have anything. But the other thing that they have that is very similar is that Soo Jung and Wook latch on to wealthy people with the hopes of potentially using that to help stabilize them because they're not used to having any stability, right? And we find this out from Inwook first because of his relationship with Youngju. She and he had a relationship, yes, and there may have been actual true feelings there, but Inwook ends up letting her know to some degree that you know, I was using you too. Like you wanted to have this cute guy on your, on your hip. Yes. But I also wanted you because of your connections and who you are and what you were uh, close to. So let's be honest, we were in a relationship that was, you know, for actual gain and benefit to some degree. And he lets us know this. And then Sujong, who doesn't, who doesn't have this history like Inwook does, starts to live out what Inwook has already experienced with Youngju, with Jaemin. She puts herself in front of Jaemin, begging him for a job, asking him to help her out with money. And Jaemin, knowing that she needs these things, starts to kind of feel like this is his way to collect her. He's like, oh, she needs this money? Sure, what are you gonna do for me then? Oh, you want a job? Sure, what are you gonna do for me then? You know, he allows this to, you know, she allows this to go on because she thinks, hey, if I latch myself onto this wealthy man, who's to say what I can't gain from him? Because she starts to gain things from him. She gets the money. She gets the job. You know, she starts to gain. And Inwook is watching this. Mind you, they live next to each other. They have this friendship that they're already forming, this relationship that they're forming. And Inwook is slowly watching though Sujung look like him and the way that she's interacting with Jaemin like why not you know give in to this man if I can keep gaining things to help stabilize my life why not and that's where you're like oh no <laughs> Sujung don't do it please whatever you do don't do it but again Jaemin and Youngju in their relationship with these two people know that's what they have over them. They know that if I have the money, I have the riches, I have the wealth, I have the connections to kind of guarantee good things for you or bad things for you. Mind you, young Jew, she gets spiteful. Um, so like I can, I can make or break your life and they know this. And so 
in Jaemin's situation, he starts to pull Sujung along with these little carrots. You know, he's like dangling this carrot here, dangling this carrot there. And Sujung's going for it initially, while Inwook is like, don't do it. You know, he's on the back looking out for her because he's like, I know what this is. I know where this goes. It doesn't go far. But yet Sujung is still being tempted by the promise of potential that Jaemin may have. And this is so hard to watch. The middle of the drama, I was just like, this is torturous because you are watching the spirals begin. Like it's such a slow spiral, but it is spiraling. And you're like, oh my goodness, there is no good that will come from any of this by the end of this drama. There's no good. There is no good with these four. There is no good. And even when they give a glimpse of their relationship between Inwook and Sujung, who again, they are close. They start forming this little adorable little bond and they go out and to karaoke together with her friend and they're grabbing dinner and, and, and Sujung really opens up to him and, and he opens up to her. He takes her to visit his mom's restaurant. You know, like you start to see like, wait a minute, they, they, these two, okay, these two might actually have some good that no one else that they're interacting with brings them. They, these two have good for each other. And so you're, you're getting a little excited for them and what may be forming, but the drama never really lets you go there with that. It, it never fully lets you be satisfied or happy with Inwook and Sujung's character because, and their relationship, because it keeps shaking them up. Like every time you think they're getting somewhere, Jamin or Youngju come in and completely rock them. And then they go back to square one. And it's so hard to watch. Like I said, the mid this is all, you know, going into throughout the middle of the drama where you're just like, this is getting harder and harder to watch. And so one of my final midpoint thoughts was, and I wrote this down, I said, love, is it in the room with us? <laughs> Because there's the word love being thrown around in this drama and it's nowhere to be found. It's nothing of the sort, nothing of the sort. The only thing that, the thing that they're labeling as love is actually obsession. Um, and it's disgusting because again, the only time you actually see that there is some actual sparks or potentially, you know, care for one another, it's between Sujong and Inwook. You actually see these two caring for one another. But what you see is Jay Min and Youngju throwing around this kind of like, I want to be with you. I need you. I love you. Why? Why can't I be, you know, you, I need you, you, you. And it's just obsessive from this rich, these rich people perspectives. Like you just want something that you can't have. And in the process of that, you're saying, you know, I love you. I need you kind of thing. And it's so frustrating to watch because it's like, it's not love, guys. It's not love at all. Um, one of the main things that you do get to see, though, in the center of the drama is how Jaemin and Sujung interact and how Sujung's character really starts to get revealed. Oh, I said originally, Sujung's character was appear to be this type of character where it's like, oh, it's the, the the girl, you know, the poor girl with the heart of gold kind of scenario. It's during the beginning, the center of this drama that you really start to see how she is starting to think. And it's that I need money. I need stability. And the only way I may be able to get that is to latch onto this wealthy man. 
And because she starts to think like that, not because she's wrong, she does need money and stability. <laughs> Trust me, the way this girl was living her life, she needed some help. Um, but because she needs, she's so desperate and she's aware of her desperation, she really does latch onto J-Man. And it's not to say that he does not completely take advantage of that and, and of her, because he does throughout this drama. I mean, horrible. Um, he's horrible with her, absolutely horrible with her, but she does kind of take it. You know, she actually, it's like coming back. She keeps coming back. And again, it, the worst part is watching Inwook being, you know, looking at her from afar, like, stop, 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 stop. Please don't do that, please. But yet he also isn't nice to her in those times too. And um, he sometimes pulls way away from her. He pulls back from her and he kind of, you know, looks down on her because she is doing something that he himself has done. Admittedly, he has done. Um, yet he, you know, puts his nose in the air at her and what she's doing and some of the moves she's making. And it makes their relationship rocky and it's like you guys actually had something okay that you could go on something you can build on but then that interaction it starts to get a little rocky because of Su Jung's character again being a little back and forth being desperate um I think she uses the word at times like I'm so desperate that this is seems like the only thing that makes sense for me and Jaemin exploits that to the highest degree and when I said you know love is in the room with us that does lead me into my final thoughts of this drama. So like I said, love is not in the room, obsession is. Um, and then you start to think about how this is tied to the kind of the idea of money and what money may lead people to do because they need it, right? Um, and it made me think about so much there everyone was hurting in this drama so much so that it led them to hurt other people and it was so frustrating to watch because Jamin being a character that is a spoiled brat of you know rich boy who is immature and spiteful and disgusting at times and disrespectful all the time still garners some sympathy from me not a lot, but a little bit. And it comes from the, obviously his upbringing and his situation with his family and that he's actually um, abused by his father, like physically, like his father beats him with a golf club. Like there is an actual scene. So horrible, right? So he knows violence, he knows abuse, he knows hurt. So it does make sense that the way he treats someone that he thinks he cares about and he loves with so much hurt and pain and as well, it it starts to make sense. Like this is a cycle of abuse that he is, that he lives in. And so it gives you a little bit of like, oh my gosh, he's hurting too, you know? Even though that's not giving his character any excuse because he's horrible, mind you, throughout the entire drama. Um, so much so that when we talk about the ending, you'll, you'll see. Um, and so it was, but it was cool to see how a character so disgusting as him could still garner my interest in him, right? Not saying that I appreciated him or, or loved him or anything like that, but like it honestly had me invested in what is going to happen to this man? Like, why, what is, is he ever going to not be as horrible as he is? Is there any saving grace for him? It does make you want that for him, even though, you know, no, there isn't. And then with Youngju, she, 
I mean, she crumbles into a thousand pieces by the end of this drama. I mean, she seems to have this air about her. Like I, you know, I get who I want when I want. I got money. If I say I'm going to marry you, I'm going to marry you. If I say I can't marry you, I'm not going to marry you. If I say I want you to be on my, by my side, I want you to be by my side. You know, she gives that air about air off the minute we see her and she tries to uphold that for a good part of the drama. But by the end, she is a mess because she knows she can't have anything that she thought she wanted. She, at one point, she wants Inwook. The next point, she wants Jamin, and she's not having any of it. She doesn't get any of it. She doesn't even get an inch of it. She actually marries Jamin. Jamin and Youngju actually get married, and yet she still cannot get this man. This Jamin completely pushes her away and won't give her an inch. Like he is horrible to young Ju as well. When she actually has made peace with the fact like I'm never going to be in Wook. I cannot have him. He does not want to be with me. I'm going to try to make this work with Jamin. And guess what? He wants no part of it by that point because he is so obsessed with Sujung. And then his obsession with Sujung leads us to this, this horrible moment of him having to, I guess, decide to choose. Do I choose what my family wants for me or requires of me, actually requires of me over this woman that I really, really want? Because that's why I took it. I didn't think take it as love. I took it as and I really, really want. And if so, like, what what choice should I make? And he makes the choice of, I'm going to do what my family requires of me. And so he he does not choose her in the end. And then the minute he does not choose her, Su Jung's like, that's fine. I'm going to be with Inwook. I'm going to, I don't need you. I, I thought I did at some point, but I don't need you. So she says, I'm making my choice too. I don't want Jaemin. I want Inwook. And Inwook's been there the whole time waiting for her. So he's like, perfect. Now it's me and you. But the minute she decides that and runs off to Bali with Inwook, guess who is not having any parts of it? Jaemin. And the reason why Jaemin is not having any parts of it is not because he is like, she left me, she chose him over me. Because again, he didn't choose her either, right? He didn't choose her either. So he can't be mad that she chose Inwook. He thinks, because he's told, honestly, that Inwook approached the company with Sujung for a reason to basically tear him down and tear his company down. And he was working there just so he could ruin the company and ruin all of this stuff for them and him. And it was just a whole, it was all a ploy from Sujung. And so she never had any interest in him and she never thought of him in any kind of way. She never gave him, she didn't give him an inkling of like, let alone love. So, you know what? These two people are the worst people and I have to deal with them myself. And so what does our J-Men do? This is our ending of what happened in Bali, okay? Su Jung and Inwook return to Bali because Su Jung makes it very apparent and very clear. And even from the very beginning of the drama, when you watch her in Bali, you know that she was her happiest when she was working in Bali before everything, you know, turned to what it turned into. She was finally making a living for herself. She was in a beautiful place. She was her best self. 
when she was living in Bali. And so closer to the end of the drama, she's making this realization within Wook, like, I just want to go. I want, that's where I want to go back to. I want to go back to that point. There are points when J-Men in the drama, he states and exclaims, I want to go back to my life before Bali. And so you go back to this point that that moment in Bali was so important to those people's lives that they either want to go back to that life in Bali or they want to go back to their life before they ever went to Bali, right? And Sujong and Inwook know how important that place is for Sujong and Inwook's like, let's run off, let's go, let's get out of here, let's run away from Jamin and Youngju. We don't want, we don't need them in our lives anymore. Let's go. So he does what he does to kind of set himself up. And he does screw over Jabin's company in the process. And so that was him. That was not Sujung. That was him. So he does do that. But he uses that to take Sujung away to Bali. And when he goes back, obviously, they know that they go to Bali because they're like, we get need to get in Wook back because he screwed over our company. So they, you know, he, they're basically on the run at this point. And Jamin takes it upon himself to go to Bali. We see, and this is like the last five minutes of the drama. We see him arrive in Bali. We see him approach some guy on the street. We see him talking to the guy in secret. And then we also see um, cut to Sujong and Inwook in bed together. You see Sujong and on the beach for a little bit. You see them kind of enjoying the sun. Then you see them in bed together. Um, and he's holding her and she's, you know, they're just having this moment where they're talking. And while they're talking in this in this in this moment in this scene, Sujong is you know kind of staring off like you know a little bit staring off blankly, and Inwook is like, you know, we're here, we are in Bali. Like, how do you feel now that you're here in Bali with me? And it's apparent immediately that Sujong is not happy, and Inwook isn't looking at her she's just laying on him and he's staring at the ceiling she's staring at the ceiling but he immediately starts to get emotional because he knows something's not right right you know they're on the run in bali gorgeous bali but something about it is also something about her being in bali he recognizes she's not happy with and he's like what is it you know he's asking her what is it and she starts to cry and he starts to cry. And she basically lets him know, I left my heart and soul with Jamin. And when I tell you rewatching that scene and hearing her say that, I could not believe it. I think back when I first watched it, I think I was a little bit more okay with her relationship with Jamin than I was this time around by far. Like I was completely like, girl, Run for the hills, run away. He's the devil, get away from him now. Yet, so when she gets to this moment where you're, she's like, I actually, I promised I would never give my heart to him. I told him I would never give my heart to him. I would never, 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 never. But now that I'm here in Bali, like my heart's with him. And I was just like, girl, are you kidding me? And Inwook's there, laying there, staring at the ceiling, crying. And so they're having this moment, right? And they're in this bed. And guess who busts in the room? Yep, you guessed it, Jamin. And he busts in the room, doesn't doesn't bat a lash, doesn't wait for a hello, welcome, nice to see you again, pulls out a gun, shoots in a wook, and then shoots Sujong. 
And the minute he shoots Sudan and she's gasping for her final breaths, he crawls to her, holding her arm, holding her hand, crying, I love you. And she says, I love you and dies. Yeah, the end, right? He walks, he leaves that scene after killing two people, walks into the beaches of Bali and he kills himself. So yes, that is the ending, the bloody ending of what happened in Bali. Now, now, let me wrap this episode up with some of my favorite parts of this drama and my least favorite parts of this drama. Let me start with my least favorite part of this drama. And that is the absolute amount of violence that is in this drama and not in the kind of gory violence that we see today and the like dramas that we currently watch it's just like this violence that is so to me much worse and painful the violence that was in this drama was so real and not the dramatic slaps and whatnot but like the violence of you know someone needing money and someone knowing you need money and exploiting that like that is absolute violence to to do that to someone and that was nothing but Jay man and Sue Jung's relationship like he knew what she needed and he wanted certain things from her and he exploited that so horrible to watch absolutely horrible to watch other parts were just how horrible Jay man was with her physically as far as like the sexual advances the things that he would proposition her like those type of things were so hard to watch because there are moments when you can see her just like give up and like lay there and it was just like no Sujung you don't have to do this kind of thing um the other thing is like um some of the 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 length of like the the scenes were really long and I'm not meaning like the important moments but like some of the side plots and side like even side plot like the side characters side plots like some of that stuff would go on for a long time I felt like like the dialogue was a lot they give a lot of dialogue to a lot of those characters and I would sometimes think okay this could have been cut um (laughs) totally could have been cut but you know things like that I did not like um but I have to say my absolute favorite part of this drama was the writing because there is something so apparently um, crisp and clean about the way this story is told. And and it allowed for, because it was told so cleanly, you got the opportunity to really grow with these characters like every episode you got more and more about these characters did you like these characters no no not at all but did you actually learn so much about them and you start to 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 really expect certain things from them and you could guess what they were going to do because of who you knew they were to who you have become to know them as like it was perfect 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 and exactly what i think i feel i miss in dramas today i feel like dramas today don't put that much importance on characters and their true development as dramas from yesteryear did and this is the first drama that i'm throwing it back to but i have to say i know this from personal experience that there are more dramas i'm gonna watch that this is an example that they do the same thing where character Mind you, this is a very plot-heavy story. There are a lot of plot happenings. There are a lot of moving pieces in this story. And so plot is not like secondary to the characters, but it took the time to really develop its characters. And to me, 
you can't you can't say it didn't do that even if the characters were absolutely horrible and should have probably you know had the ending that they had um they still i mean did such a beautiful job at showing these characters and the 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 skill the expertise it was done it's missing these days it's it's really missing um so hands down 10 out of 10 my absolute favorite part of this drama was the the, the writing was to me perfection it was to a t they knew what they were doing with the plot they knew what they were doing with those characters mind you may not have been happy with those characters but they knew what they were doing with them and so have to give all my favorite to that aspect of this drama my other favorite part of this drama are the performances they won bake sung awards for um in sung and jiwon they both won awards and they were well deserved well deserved like well deserved like i mean when i tell you oh my goodness when i tell you <laughs> the amount of times that i was kind of like gasped at watching some of the scenes and some of the dialogues and some of the moments in this drama because of the performance alone i was in sh- like my mouth would be open i would be like <gasps> like it would take me I take my breath away for a moment. Like, whoa, I felt that. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy, the visceral reaction I had to the performances of this drama. And I, again, I don't know if they're doing it like this anymore. <laughs> when I tell you in song in this, one of my favorite performances of him, hands down. Mind you, yet he's the worst character in this and absolutely no forgiving grace no 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 forgiveness is given to this character by any means by me saying that his performance was top tier but it was top tier you can't tell me his performance does not completely blow you out of the water after watching this i mean there's moments where there's this one scene where they you know in wook i'm sorry this there's this one scene where sujong um tells j man basically like you know, I can't do this with you anymore. Like this, whatever this is that we're doing, I can't do this anymore. And he breaks completely down. Like he is on his knees. He's holding on to her, like crying and just like begging basically. And it was, oh my goodness. Like as much as I could not stand his character, the, the way I watched that scene, I was just like floored. Again, G1's performance during that that scene was just beautifully done. So, oh my goodness. They deserved all the awards that they got for this this performance their, their performances in this drama hands down. And they were to me like standouts in this drama. So, I couldn't walk away without highlighting how amazing they were in this. And to me, if you if you could stomach this drama, that might be a reason alone to watch it for the performances for sure um so back now to my next question my one of my final questions to myself is would i recommend this drama <sighs> so initially i will say no i would not recommend this drama based off of the fact that it's just so triggering and it's so violent and like i said in the violence that is different than what we watch i think these days and so it's just sometimes it's like it's not worth it to put yourself through that pain. It's just, sometimes it's not worth it. It's just not. So in that regard, I do not recommend it. However, for certain things that I think if you 
appreciate K-dramas for being this this mechanism of, of you know, the art of storytelling like I do. I highly recommend this drama because, again, this to me is a prime example of a style of K-drama that I think is, you know, not common these days. So it's definitely a, dra- a style from yesteryear um, of its time to some degree. And which make again makes sense, um, but at the same time, there is this this art form of storytelling that it is an example of that I want or I think people should see. Like I think you got to see what this drama does as far as storytelling and how it works to kind of appreciate more what I what I think I love about K dramas, um, and I highly recommend it for that. But again, there's reasons not to watch this drama, and then to me, there are reasons that are, you know, very I think personal to me that make me want to have watched this drama. If someone would have like, yeah, it has these things in it, but this is a reason to watch it. That would be a reason for me. And then the performances. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So good performances so so good so did i like this drama is there merit in this drama and so yes i did like this drama i believe that there is still merit and people going back and watching this drama who have never watched it before however i also don't think it is a drama that is necessarily worth some of the 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 pain and triggering situations that it puts its characters through i don't know if it's necessarily worth it to watch it because of that but there there is merit there just but the style of drama and how they told their story that is enough merit for me to actually watch this drama and i like this drama because again I appreciated the start, the writing. I appreciated the directing. I appreciated um, the performances. And I think at the end of the day, like what the story was really getting to, it got to, right? I think what it was trying to tell, it told. It had a lot to do with, you know, what is love? What is obsession? What is also needed for capitalistic success? that is more obsession, right? You need to be obsessed with the the idea of money to be successful in capitalism, right? And I feel like that was one of the things that the drama was getting to as well. Then this idea of, you know, hurt people hurt people. People who are dealing with abuse and, 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 and pain and hurt being, you know, put upon them can turn around and do the same to others. And instead of doing that, they do need to recognize that and and allow for themselves to embrace actual love when it could be there. Like love could have been there in this drama and people did not allow it because of what they were dealing with, which is heartbreaking, right? And then, you know, just this idea that I needed them all to not be in each other's lives. And so it was so frustrating to watch them continue to, you know, run into each other, bump into each other and rub elbows with each other knowing that they were so bad for each other, all of them. This four foursome was just all around, not good times. And even when you thought you had a little bit of good moments with Inwook and Sujung, it was still shrouded with, I think, um, for her, at least, Sujung, this shame of knowing that she was drawn to this man because of his wealth and his money and what he could provide for her. And then a man who could not provide those things for her she didn't give the chance that she probably should have initially. And then the minute she's like, okay, I'll settle for him. She had already felt she feels too much for the man that was doing nothing but hurting her. So there's a lot of shame with that character. And so when she ends up, you know, at the end being shot and killed by 
Jamin and she's talking before before then she's talking to Anwook you can see she's talking about that shame she's talking about how much she hates that about what has happened is that she has done this to herself in some regard and really she hasn't no you know what I mean no like she is not to blame and the things that really happened to her life it is living in this kind of capitalistic world where you have to have money to have stability and be not be desperate enough to do horrible things right and so it's not her and I like that about the story as well because I think it does come back and kind of reveal that to us is that we don't she shouldn't blame herself we don't blame her right i don't blame her for what has taken place in her life um and what where how she ends up in the end like it's not her fault it's not her fault at any point um is a fault of the state of this world that we're all living in and where money rules where money keeps you alive where money is the thing that allows you to live and breathe and if you don't have it you might as well be dead, right? I mean, I'm not saying that's true, but I'm saying like kind of how the the drama positions itself. And I think this, again, is a drama of its time because it talks about this because I know during that time in like Korea, these dramas were very popular where it was about this poor girl or poor person situation and this rich person situation and the plight of that. But then also this, this idea of absolute violence and death at the end where people watching this, there was some catharticism and watching these people be relieved from all the pain and suffering of living in this capitalistic world by dying at the end. And so watching these dramas kind of was an experience for people during that time. So I know there's like actual articles written about that um, in these types of dramas from early 2000s. So, I mean, that's a real thing. And I think this drama does a wonderful job of kind of talking about that theme. And so Yes, I recommend it. And also I don't, you know, and did I like this drama? Yes. Even second time around, I did like it. I think I liked it more this time around than I did the first time around, to be honest with you, because I think I appreciate so much more about it this time. Um, all while still recognizing how horrible it is in a lot of spots. So just... Wow. So this was my first Throwing It Back episode of this new season, season four. And I have to say, I think this was a great start for me. It has done so much to start me thinking about what I love about K-dramas and what I have continued to love about K-dramas and what is going on with me in K-dramas currently right it's going to this is going to be an exercise i think all year long and i'm already i think notating moments where i'm like this is why i love k-dramas i think i'm making a running list right now in my head of like these this is why i love k-dramas in particular specifically um and what i appreciate about k-dramas and what i don't appreciate about k-dramas like i'm starting to make this list in my head and it's so amazing to do. So thank you guys for giving me this opportunity to even think of doing a season like this and bring you guys along for it. Again, I know this may not be the season for everyone. I know everyone may not care about these dramas from the early 2000s and, you know, the early 2010s. I know, and I completely relate and get it. Um, But I do hope that there's something that you can get from some of these episodes, if not just a new drama to watch, but maybe something about me and my appreciation for dramas. Maybe you'll at least get that. And so that is it, guys. That is my 
throwing it back with Lola, what happened in Bali episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm so glad that you guys were here. I know this is a wild ride, something different, but I am so grateful again that you guys are allowing me to do this. But that's it. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.